0: for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we're so grateful. We're so thankful. What a great salvation. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for saving us, Lord. We were just messed up, and you came looking. You came running, and you've drawn us to you. You've captured our hearts, Lord. We just love you so much that we want to sing and shout. We love you so much. Lord, and as we, as we allow you to change us and transform us, into the image of your son. As you begin to prepare this bride for the coming of the king, would you keep our hearts open always, always. Even right now, Lord. Where we've got chambers and doors and rooms that are closed, would you just nudge them open this morning, Lord? All of those things that are stopping the flow of your river in our life. Of the Holy Spirit flowing through, through us, Lord. That's what you said. Would you begin to push them aside now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. i got faith that somebody here has got an interpretation Keep your eyes closed, because I've got a word which I believe is from the Lord, but you won't understand it until there's an interpretation. So keep your hearts open. Fajdor te grása, en sefista. Anybody got that interpretation? You'll know it. Your shirt's going to start pushing out, just around about your chest. Oof, oof. There's always an interpretation. Thank you, Lord. I'm not gonna give it, I can but I'm not gonna, come on. Tom, do you have the interpretation? I thought so. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. As the Spirit of God hovered across this earth, so He's hovering right now across this congregation. And He says, my children... Run to me. Come to me. Because I love you. And the love that you have for me, we will meet by the Spirit of God who hovers across this auditorium right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Jesus. I was just preparing for today. Um, I just had this thing about the right-hand side of me, and I know it's because I'm pretty much the same age as these guys over here. <laughs> and we connect so 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 well. Eh? It's crazy. Um, but there's so many of you guys that when you grip the value. Of who you are in Christ you guys know I've spoken to some of you over the weeks when you grip the value of how God sees you you're gonna be unstoppable we have come not to spend time here alone this is wonderful I love it I could stay here forever but God has called us to change the nations change the world we have got so much beautiful truth that has been drilled into us, birthed into us, lived out in us, and that when we grip these truths, nothing can stop us. You know what stops us? Shame and guilt. And Jesus Christ has paid the price for that. And I want to tell you something. There is enough grace No matter where we are, we can make commitment after commitment after commitment after commitment and break it and sin and fall, and yet the Scriptures say that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace and mercy, to receive grace and mercy. That is insane. That is ridiculous. There's no religion in the world that gives anyone that ability, and that does not mean we want to keep on sinning and we want to carry on sinning because when you grip grace, then you want to serve the one who gives it to you. You want to follow him, you want to love him, you want to find out how do we break these things. I, I, guys, I, I'm an old man, and uh, but I get excited. I love Jesus, and if we're going to just take it on ages, there's a good chance that I'm going to see him before you, and that's probably why I'm happy. <laughs> Can we, uh, let's look at the scriptures. I've got a couple of things I'd want to share. Um, thank you. We're going to look at a, a book in the Old Testament called Nehemiah. Who's heard of Nehemiah? Here's the other half of Ezra. Here's Ezra, Nehemiah. The Jews had sinned. Sorry, I'm going to just stop for a minute because I just want to honor this man and his beautiful wife, Angela. This is Gavin Rudolph. Anybody surf around here? See, we don't have surfers here, Gavin. We have no surfers here. This is an icon of the surfing industry in South Africa, the surfing fraternity. He's a legend. And uh, we connected yesterday. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And he goes to, uh, Angela as well, goes to the morning congregation. And it's just an honor having you guys here. And you know what? God hasn't finished. eh? Man, he's going to take, I mean, how old was Abraham? Hey, And he still had enough in him to make a big mistake until he got it right. God is not finished with you guys. Not with you, Brew. There's so much more still. So bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Let your your life continue to shine out of them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Nehemiah 681 on my page. In the words of Nehemiah, son of Hekaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. And for some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah's name means Yahweh comforts. Does that ring a bell? Who's the comforter? Who's the comforter? The Holy Spirit. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the Jews went into exile because of their disobedience. God said, you are going to go. Jerusalem is going to get destroyed. You're going to take, be taken into captivity. But after seven years, they're going to release you. And after 70 years, they were released back into Jerusalem, and they were able to build the temple. But now it's 90 years later, after that initial 70 years when they were free and there's no walls, and the gates are burnt. And if you if you got a city in the old, in those days, without a wall, you've got no protection. The gates are the place where the elders and the leaders operated. There's no authority, and they've built the temple, but they reckon, this is what they say, we're in disgrace. I just want to go further over just to, to elaborate that, and it, it says in two Uh, 2 verse 17, it says, you see the trouble we are in, Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. So, they're in deep trouble, and they're in disgrace. But why would that be? And I was looking at this scripture a couple of weeks ago, and I felt God just stir something in my heart when I looked at us, not only us, but the modern church, because we worship so well. We worship so well, and we've got a temple, and we go and we worship because our relationship with God has been restored. Two things Adam lost, relationship. And rulership. And by and large, we've understood the restoration of, of sonship and a relationship. We've been born again. We've been saved. And that's our relationship restored. And so we've learned how to worship. We come together, we come to the temple, figuratively speaking, we are the temple. We know that. We're talking about them. Um, but it's the same thing. We come together and we worship so well. And then we leave the temple we disperse, we go on our own, we hit Monday morning traffic, we hit an angry boss, our favorite, our favorite, God has sent them to us, I want you to understand this, taxi drivers, God has sent them to us to bring healing to our impatience and everything else, (laughs) and we struggle at home with our relationships. We struggle with our money. We struggle with our issues. We got issues all the time, and we are struggling. And why are we struggling, and yet we come and worship God? Because the walls are still broken. Because when we come to the Lord, there's brokenness in us. And somewhere along the line, we kind of fiddle with it and we heal some of it. We work with some of it. But most of the time, we don't. We kind of stumble our way through and we, we kind of think, yes, we, yeah, we do. There's, there's a lot. Please, when I'm saying what I'm saying and I'm saying this is where we should be going, I'm not saying what we have done is wrong or bad or not good enough. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm saying there's more than what we have. And does anybody resonate with us? Is this something that happens to us? We, we worship so well and then we struggle during the week. Why is that? Because the walls are broken. And why are the walls broken? Nehemiah was sent by the king. Jesus, the king, sent us, he's Nehemiah. The Comforter. And we talk about Him. We speak about uh, gifts of the Spirit. We even say that we're charismatic. Do you know what charismatic means? We flow in the gifts. How many gifts do we flow in? I think that's the number. Prophecy. Word of wisdom, maybe. Word of knowledge could be discerning of a spirit sometimes. But what about the working of miracles? Gifts of healing? Probably not. So, we're not really charismatic. But that's about as much as we know about him. But let's see what Jesus says about him. Let's go to the... I, I'm going to need these guys because I, I've got so many scriptures and I get so like a lost day. Eh? So, you know, if I fall over as well, just, just pick me up and I'll carry on. I think and I believe that when we get to know the beautiful Holy Spirit, we're going to see something change. We're going to want To allow him to build the walls. And there's a process to this. It's not just this. But I want to take it from an individual point of view. Because if you look at Nehemiah, he comes with an edict from the king. We're going to fix this. We're going to build the walls. And then he goes to the leaders and they all acknowledge and they say, we're going to build the wall. And they do. And they build the wall. They build it with a sword in their hand. And they work on the wall. So there's, there's this sense that we're going to fight for what we're what we going to build, because there was opposition, and you're going to get opposition to any kind of building in your life, wherever there's brokenness and cracks, and you want them fixed by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. When you get those things fixed, you're going to have opposition. Doesn't matter what it is. There's a whole bunch of things that we can do in order to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, which is what the Scriptures tell us. But let's just first have a look and see who he is. So in, in John, and I'm going to read a couple of scriptures in John because Jesus is just, I mean, he says so many beautiful things about the Holy Spirit. He says, and I will ask the Father. So he's going to come from the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Another means the same as me. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, we, we would look at this and say, man, how, how awesome. And I use that word carefully because I would never use that word other than towards the Lord. How awesome if Jesus was walking with us today. Hey, that would be incredible. But Jesus has just said, on another scripture, and I'll come back to this, the same one, so you don't have to go there, but I'll tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. It's for our good that he goes away and he leaves us another one just like him. And we have the capacity to walk with the living God. He is no less than Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, or Father, Lord God Almighty, creator of the universe. He's no less God than any of them. And if you want a theological thesis on the Trinity, I will not give it to you because I can't. I believe it. I can try and explain it. It's not going to make a difference. I believe it. And so the Holy Spirit, God, has been given to us. And we can go through all sorts of structural, procedural things to try and get out of our brokenness and break free from our sin. But we will never do that until we understand. There's a person who has come to live in us, that comes to fight for us, to come and teach us how to pray, who comes and strengthens us. And when we get to know him, we're going to see a change. Because he is also the spirit of truth. That's what it says here. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you. I mean, how is this? Forever. you <laughs> That's a proper deal, eh? In you, forever. And the word... Parakletos, which is the Greek word for that, means he's going to be your counselor, he's going to be your advocate, he's going to be your strengthener, he's going to be your standby, he's going to be your helper, and your comforter. That is what the Holy Spirit is going to be if we allow him to. And this is the crazy thing, God Almighty, and yet the scriptures tell us that we can grieve him, and we can quench him, which means we can resist his work in our life. And Jesus, he's got to mean something here because he's, he's reiterating this. He said it twice in John 14. He goes on to say, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. You know how hard it is to read the scriptures? It's even harder to understand them. But he'll teach us. And that doesn't decry the fact that we've got proper teachers, we've got leaders that will teach us. But there's something that we have used as a crutch for way too long, is this meeting and a Wednesday meeting and our fellowship. When we wake up every single day, we are alone with him. We will stand one day before the the king of glory and we will give an account of our life. We will not be looking around at where my leaders are, who was that that was backing me, who could I go cry to. God is calling us to grow up. Those that are led by the Spirit are the mature mature sons and daughters of God. Those who are continually led by the Spirit are the mature sons and daughters of God. What is 4.12? 4.12 is to bring maturity to the saints. The same thing that being led by the Spirit will do to us. Am am I quite, quite pushy with this at the moment? I hope I am. Sorry. I I do hope I am. (laughs) Talk to me. I want to know that you guys are with me. Beautiful. Guys, I've been a Christian for a long time. And I've made so many mistakes. And we have we just glorified gifts. We glorify the gifted. We glorify those that have done nothing for what they got in many ways. It was given. That's a gift. We glorify that. And yet God has said that all of us can become like Jesus. Are we going to become like Jesus? No, I didn't say that fully because we're still flesh and bone. But we can walk to a place of maturity where we're not constantly getting beaten by the things of this world. We're not falling to the flesh all the time. We're not yielding to that because we have been set free from the spirit of the law. And we've been set free, the spirit of life. That's what he's done for us. But we've got to get to the place where we are so in love with him and allow him to teach us how to love Jesus, how to honor him. Thank you, Lord. He's a person. Everything about our Christianity is relational. It's not about stuff. We've got this concept that growing in God means I'm eventually going to get on the stage. Oh, I'm going to get a microphone, and that's, I, I'm, I'm, that, that's where we're heading. I'm going to become a deacon, an elder, a prophet, prophetess, la, 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 la. And that's where I was going with the, the gift. The heart that is humbled and honored and allowing the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you is the heart that causes Jesus to rejoice. And that should, we, that, that should be what we're after a life of purity. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. That's what Romans says. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Do you know what our inheritance here is? Righteousness, peace, and joy. We can live in righteousness. We can live in peace. We can live in joy. I think we just undervalued what God has done in in, in bringing us to Jesus. There's so much more, so much more. And I, I was gonna stop the preach now because um, earlier on my friend Tom came to me and he said, listen, but I've got to preach because yours is up, gonna go up the pole, you know, so um, <laughs> do you wanna carry on? <laughs> Sorry, that was, I thought it was funny. I thought it, I thought it was hilarious actually. This is the God. If you look throughout Scripture, right in the beginning, the world was a mess. It said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. was dud, junk. There was nothing there. And the Spirit of God hovered. And if you want to see the Trinity, there, there it is. Because He spoke and the Holy Spirit performed it. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. John 1, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He holds all things together by the power of His Word. And so right in the beginning was the Holy Spirit, working with a mess. And I think with that kind of mess and how it turned out, I think if we let Him, He can do something amazing with us. He can begin to take what Jesus has done on the cross, how he's defeated the enemy in every aspect of our lives, and he can take that and can empower us to move on in this world. We cannot keep on living the same as the unbeliever. We cannot sit on a Monday and moan about the ANC government. We cannot sit and moan about the high price of things. We are there to bring hope and a solution. And unless we're walking with Him, the one who gives righteousness, peace, and joy, we're not going to be those people. And God has done incredible things in our lives and in this church. I've been in this church in April 25 years, almost from the beginning. And I've seen God do the most incredible things, raise up some of the greatest leaders that I've I've ever encountered. Men of absolute integrity who understand Scripture who understand how to lead collectively and have built beautiful churches all around. But there's more to what we can do. They're leading well. But we need to walk in power. We need to get into this world and begin to share the gospel. This is who our Savior is. The one who created, I mean, I was just thinking about it. I was going to teach Geography. I was going to be a geography teacher. Could you imagine me being a, do- a geography teacher? Yes. And uh, I was going was, I was to university in, in, in Durban, Natal University, and uh, just before I got saved, I, I bailed. You know, I just thought, well, uh, the weed-smoking teacher wasn't probably going to be the right solution for the kids. But I was just thinking about clouds today. I, I love looking at God's creation. I love getting out in, in his creation. And I mean, we can explain how that works. That's one thing. But it's crazy how it works. How does wind work? Boom, next minute, here it is. And then there's rain and it goes through the whole system and up again and, and here we go. We, we are living with this incredible creation. And we are his greatest Creation. Beautiful. So I knew I was going to go flat right off my off my notes. So back to the Holy Spirit. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. Can you just bow your heads just for a minute? Lord Jesus, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that you give us good gifts. That's what you said about the Father. And you came to show us who the Father was. Lord, right now, I want to pray that each one of us will allow your Holy Spirit to come into our lives, to lead us and to guide us and to show us your ways. And just as we end this, just be honest with yourself and with him. Let him push away that stone of resistance. Let him open up that door that you think is gonna be okay just because you're closing it. Darkness never wins. Light needs to come in. Let him come in. Thank you, Lord. How do we live by the Spirit? How are we led by the Spirit? I'm going to read a couple of scriptures and... Anthony said something this morning, and that just got me back to the whole geography thing again. He spoke about position. Do you know that we need to position ourselves? That's what we can do. We can't fix the brokenness. We can position ourselves. And when we position ourselves at the place that He loves, you're going to see Him start working in us. But I wanna just keep on emphasizing, it's relational. Do you know what? We need to learn how to talk to somebody that we can't see. That's faith. We need to listen to the voice that we sometimes can't hear, that's faith. But whatever he does will never contradict this thing, never contradict the scriptures. Galatians. Am I on track with, with the? Uh, how long have I been preaching? Sorry, is this? I've. It's only past ten. Come on, guys. Are you falling asleep? Except like, a late night. Hey? I'm gonna keep on pounding away till the last one of you drops your head down. <laughs> Galatians chapter five. Verse 16, I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do, so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And the acts of the sinful nature is just that list of horrible things. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. How often do we hear about that? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and the one for the young generation, self-control. But we can walk in that. We can walk in that. We can walk in that. We can walk in the victory of that. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. He's actually making a statement here. You need to stand and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I have crucified the the sinful nature through Christ Jesus. And since I live by the Spirit, I will keep in step. This is how we need to pray these things. We need to take them and embrace them and say, this is God's truth. Let me tell you, the definition of faith is believing His Word. Believe His Word. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires. You know, we, we rightfully spoke a couple of weeks ago about speaking in the name of Jesus. We've got to do that. That's There's power in the name of Jesus. And one of the things we don't do enough is speak Scripture. And I'm making a statement. I hope I'm true. But I, I kind of feel that. I don't often hear that. And We need to take Scriptures like this when we are struggling with our sinful nature. and We're struggling with the, with the desires. Um, we need to look at a Scripture like this and say, I belong to Christ Jesus and have crucified the sinful nature. Because that's what Paul's telling me. With its passion and desires. And since... I live by the Spirit. Let me keep in step with the Spirit. Holy Spirit, here I am. I position myself. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus came in the flesh. It says in Philippians that he did not count equality with God something to hold on to. But he took on the form of a human. And so he set aside his divinity. And everything that he did was in the power of the Spirit. If you look through the Gospels, he was conceived by the Spirit. He was baptized by the Spirit. He was led into temptation by the Spirit. And he came back out in the power of the Spirit. And he began to heal in the Spirit, and he began to raise people in the dead by the Spirit, and when he left, after he was raised by the Spirit, this is what he said in Acts, in the beginning of Acts, and this is what he says to us, and I, 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 I just hope I'm not pushing Scripture too much for you, we got to lift our eyes we got to lift our gaze. The salvation is way greater than just me and you being happy together and singing a couple of kumbaya songs. This is seeing nations changed. This is seeing lives changed. This is seeing the broken healed and fixed. I am tired of seeing people go to doctors and pharmacies and getting lugged out with, with pharmaceuticals. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong, but where's the alternative? Where is the the biblical Christianity where we're seeing people healed? There's nothing wrong with those things. But there is something wrong if the alternative where we come and see healing is not there. It says in in Acts chapter 1 and from verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father. The gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but I, in a few days, I will baptize with the Holy Spirit. But later he says, but you will come, or you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, And to the ends of the earth. And then the Holy Spirit came on those that were gathered, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then Peter explaining it says, On the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. My sons and my daughters will prophesy. And young men will see visions. And we will see visions and the old men will dream dreams. None of you got that. And even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. There's just so much here. Is It's challenging you. But is it giving you a desire for More. Come on. Went to uh, Brazil a couple of years ago, and uh, we were praying for this girl. Obviously, a bunch of demons and stuff there, and there was a. She, she looked like she was like 14. And there was a guy next to me. He, he looked like my, 18, 19. And. Um, I'm standing there and God is saying, tell her she's going to have a baby. Uh, I think there's one of those. Isn't there like an unwritten law? You don't talk about marriage and babies and stuff like that. Isn't something like that? I was in Brazil. (laughs) And uh, there were a couple of things that were stopping that. And we cast them out. And I thought, how? This girl, this is a kid. How can I say this to her? But I was stupid enough, because I was in Brazil, to tell her that. And she started crying. And the guy next to me said, I'm her husband. She was like 19, but she looked 14. And we prayed for her. I went back a year later. I was walking in a, um, like a market kind of thing with, with a bunch of guys. And I mean, they, they, they just got this most beautiful way of saying my name. My name is Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, oh, Malcolm. And this girl comes running with this little baby, and she says, I have baby, I have baby. How beautiful is that? One of many. All of us can have that inheritance. All of us can be looking and seeing what God can do for us. When we get to him, it'll be our crowns. It'll be our service and our love and our devotion because we've seen brokenness coming out into wholeness. Man, it's just so exciting. Well, it's exciting for me. I mean, really, it's uh, super exciting for me. <laughs> so, throughout the book of Acts, throughout Jesus' ministry, we hear about the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Guys, I'm gonna wind it down now, because I can, I can continue. He is a beautiful person. And he's come to glorify Jesus. That's what he wants. He's, he's, he kind of, the, the beauty of the Godhead is that Jesus honors the Father, and the Holy Spirit comes and honors Jesus. And that's such a beautiful picture of how we need to li- live our lives. But his purpose was to be, is to be another Jesus to us. And I want to challenge you. Look at your lives. Don't accept them. Don't accept mediocrity. Don't accept it's okay. Because it's not. And I want to tell you we're going to fly high and we're gonna, I'm not going to give you some pumped up Silly little speech. Like we see in many of the, the American churches. Well, you know, life is going to be great and God's going to give you a Mercedes and everything else. God will give you what he wants. But God will also give you what you want. But most importantly, when we honor him, we will want what he wants. That's the beauty of it. Let's want what He wants. How are you going to do that? There's two things. You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to honor Him. You've got to position yourself. Position yourself. And I'm going to use a scripture which I didn't give you guys. Psalm 1 says this. This is the position. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He's not listening to the worldly wisdom. He's listening to godly wisdom. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't go where he shouldn't go or sit in the seat of mockers. We have a generation of mockers. You know why? (laughs) We can laugh at anything without any recrimination. We can poke fun at stuff because it sits there right in front of us. We're not mockers. We're people that honor one another. We're people that are gracious to one another. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. You want to know where the Holy Spirit is? The Spirit of truth? He's here, waiting to teach us, waiting to set us free, waiting. To build faith in us. And my prayer is that you will delight in the Lord as much as you delight in that thing. Because we have all been captured. Me included. I hate it. I hate social media. But I had to find myself looking. I'm looking at YouTube. And I mean there's nothing wrong with what I'm looking at. Like rugby and you know that kind of stuff. But it's time consuming. It's distracting. There's so much of this stuff that's distracting. Throw it away. Think about it. Just think about it, a half an hour in the scriptures, every single day, three and a half hours a week, what's that, 14 hours a, a month, call it 20, it's about a day, almost a day, a full day, half an hour a day. Be decisive, be aggressive, don't make excuses any longer. Be desperate. I had a guy that came to me years ago, knocked on my door. He said, Bru, please will you pray for me? I want to be filled by the Spirit. Great request. I said, sorry, Bru. You're not desperate enough. Come back some other time. I'm not the biggest guy around, but somehow God always puts me in a position where I've got to take the big knocks, you know, it's like, how's this act? Like? He came back again. I said, no, you're not desperate enough. That's what I felt in God. He came back three or four days later. He was perspiring. He had run from home, which is like about six or seven k's away. He got there and he said, you've got to pray for me. You've got to pray for me. I said, now you're desperate. All I did was this. I said, in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just started babbling in tongues. No coaching, no nothing. He was desperate. You get desperate with Jesus, and you're going to see your life change. So I'm just going to recap very quickly. It's relational. Get to know the Holy Spirit. It's all about Him here. Get to know Him. He's going to help you get fixed up together with the leaders, together with the stuff that goes on here. And let me just tell you this. I'm going I'm to share two more scriptures with you. The one in Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, where it says, uh, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed. It talks before that about sin, sin. And a lot of that sin that he's speaking about is is what comes out of our mouths. That's what grieves him. There's other stuff that grieves him, but there's a lot of stuff here that is from our mouths that grieves him. And then he goes on to say in, and I'll read the the whole section from, from Ephesians 5 verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. They sound like us? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, and he's literally saying this, be drunk on the Holy Spirit. That's li- literally what he's saying. So, I know there's been excesses when we've had those kind of maneuvers, but don't be careful how you, you look at somebody catching a wobble and like a you know, Holy Spirit jive uh, and criticize it. Because it could be the Lord, might not be, but then you want to operate in the discerning of spirits and say to the leaders. Instead, be filled with the spirit, but this is what I want to get to. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, so I'm a worship leader. I don't understand that. I'm not sure what he means there. I know there's songs involved, but speak to one another. Right, I'm going to go up to, to Ben and uh, say, uh, Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. What's he going to oh, let the lion roar. <laughs> I don't know if that's what he means there. So I kind of think it could be that we're speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But there's a lot of singing going on here when you're filled with the Spirit. There's a lot of singing going on, and there's nothing to say that that singing is off key or in key or in the wrong key. Nothing. It's us expressing something deep within. In John 7, Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. God said in the Old Testament in Jeremiah, he said, I have two things against you, Israel. Number one, you've forsaken me, the source of living water. Always a reference to the Holy Spirit. And you've made for yourself cisterns that leak. They made concrete cisterns to catch rainwater. It got fraught after a couple of days. And if it was still there, but most of the time it just leaked. You know what we do? And I hope you're not going to do this when you leave here. We try and fix this thing up ourselves and think, okay, we're going to do it. Just yield to him. Just fall in his arms and say, Lord, fill me up. So that I can Overflow. And singing is going to be one of the indicators that something is going on. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to thank you so much for this time.